0: All right, everybody, welcome to episode 14 of The Primal Show. As always, we have myself, Michael McKnight, and my co-host, Derek Lytle. Welcome to the show, everybody.
1: <laughs> What's up, guys?
0: <laughs> so today we had a guest scheduled, but there was a mix-up on the the timing. <laughs> uh, basically, this person lives in an area where they do not switch for daylight savings, and so um, it, just, it just ended up not working out to get them on today. So we'll get them back on in a couple of weeks but not to worry, we have plenty of stuff that we can go over in this episode. So we got your backs.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun stuff happened this past week. So uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So on that note, why don't you tell us about that, Derek? You just did a race, right?
1: Yeah, I ran a marathon on Sunday. So that was a, it was an experience. Um, I feel like a lot of the West has just been buried in rain and snow this winter. Um, like the Wasatch, like where you live, has been just buried, like Flagstaff. All these mountains, like California especially, has been dumped on. And um, so I was running a, a marathon on the Black Canyon Trail. And the route was just a simple out and back. But then with all the snow and the rain, it got warm. Then it <laughs> rained a bunch up north. The The river we were supposed to cross like four or five times um, was just flooded, super heavy. Usually it's about like a foot deep at most. And it was like four to five feet and full of sediment and stuff. So um, the day before, like literally Saturday morning, and the race is on Sunday morning. They sent out an email talking about how they rerouted the course and made up a new route and it was a little frustrating <laughs> yeah i was just kind of like, well i guess i'll figure this out and because it went from just like no navigation to i'm in an orienteering race at this point so it was it was interesting <laughs> that's for sure like the actual uh race organization slash directing was interesting um but the running part was actually really fun like i'd crewed bronco um jeff browning the day before at um mesquite canyon i think it was mesquite canyon is what it's called whatever it's an air Vipa yeah. event yeah. So he ran the 50. That was super fun. And we just camped out um, kind of near Lake Pleasant, which is pretty close to Black Canyon. And um, we just camped out there. We got up early, drove to the race. And um, my whole plan of, like, my nutrition strategy, the crewing strategy all went out the window uh, just because of the whole, like, kind of debacle, I guess, of the race organization. Um, but the running part was fun, though, man. Like, um, I I was talking to, to Peter from Vespa, uh, Peter Defty. Um, just, just yesterday, actually. And um, he was like, well, how race go? And I was talking about it. And I, I was really thinking about it. And I think like the most rad part about it was like, well, I just ran like a, a good race. Like I feel awesome today, but like just not having any stomach issues during the event. And I was thinking about that, how like in years past, I used to have stomach issues for everything I ran. It was like a half marathon, marathon, 50K, k, hundred K, whatever. I would always have like gastric problems. And this entire run, like I ran comfortable the entire time my nutrition was on point fueling like like salt sodium intake was great and like I just ran steady and like my stomach didn't hurt didn't go to the bathroom at all and so it was it was great like I I had a really good time as far as that goes it was nice to see like once you kind of heal your gut up from like years of damage of eating junk how much better you can feel during a race and it's like I think it's funny how like in the running world, especially the ultra running community is kind of like a badge of honor to like, oh, I threw up during this race or <laughs> I had stomach issues and all these things. It's like, why wouldn't you rather just run a race and not be puking half the time or like be able to run <laughs> to your full potential?
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of normalized at this point. Like, yeah, having stomach issues is a badge of honor. And it's just like, you know, that's what happens. So you just got to be ready for it when it does happen. But that's not the
1: case, obviously. <laughs> yeah sadly though and it's it's really interesting because like at the finish line like it, right next to black canyon there's this place called rock springs there's like a pie place it's kind of like a tourist trap and at the finish line they had all this piles like crap that you could get and i was just like one none of that looks appealing and two i'm like man this is why we have so many issues here in this sport like even people that ran like a five kids they're going to stuff my face with pie and beer now at eight <laughs> o'clock in the morning it's like that's so wild to me like i just don't understand i can't comprehend yeah. it anymore <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up, um, like not having any stomach issues and just how good that feels. Because I was thinking about that, it was a while ago, it was probably about a year ago. But I remember when I started like every started running, every single long run that I would go on, like the night before, it kind of gave me anxiety because I was just like,
1: oh, how many
0: stomach issues am I going to have? Like, how crappy is it going to be? Like, you know, I'm running with these people that are faster than me. Am I going to have stomach issues? Am I going to slow them down kind of a thing? and like um yeah now it's just nice waking up going out for a run and just knowing like chances are I'm not going to have stomach issues just because that's really a thing of the past now and it's just really nice to be to that point where you don't have to necessarily worry about that as
1: much yeah I totally agree it's like I used to feel kind of the same way like okay I'm going to go do 20 miles how many bags of baby wipes do I have to bring with me to like (laughs) <laughs> to get through this run it's like that's insane to think about like you're going to go to the bathroom that many times on your run like that's that's yeah. not normal and like this is not it's, it's normal now in that sense but it shouldn't be normal like it's such an easy thing to remedy and like once you kind of button that stuff down like as far as healing your gut proper nutrition it's like yeah you still might have an issue obviously like it's it's at some point it'll happen but it's not like yeah. it's going to happen every single run you're not going to go out on a five mile run and have a gastric issue <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> you better not geez, if you're eating not. a bunch of if you eating a bunch of
1: pop tarts before you go for that, you might. <laughs> oh jeez, man! <laughs> no, don't joke. get me
0: started on the pop tarts again.
1: <laughs> I was speaking of that, not to get too off topic, but outside um, posted a, an article about some guy about um, backpacking, like through hiking, and just uh-huh. how how awesome pop tarts are for fueling on a backpacking trip. I'm like, that's that's insane. Like, yeah, they are calories, but it's just junk calories like you could you could get diabetes eating pop-tarts every day while being active essentially like oh yeah it's friggin' nuts like what's his blood sugar doing he's eating four pop-tarts in the morning even if you are walking all day.
0: <laughs> yeah it's like you obviously need calories but you don't need those kind of calories if you're being honest like oh yeah. my goodness <laughs> so going back to your race what did you end up fueling with
1: um so i use stuff from precision hydration Okay. Um, they're actually from the UK and I'd heard of them before. Um, they're the ones that, um, I think bitter was talking about doing a sweat test. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, that, they kind of manage a lot of sweat tests, like a couple of people around the country in the U S do them as well. Um, so their main thing is like, they make gels, these little like cube block things that are kind of like a marshmallow and then, um, drink mixes. And it's really interesting because they're, I feel like a lot of brands are very arbitrarily adding sodium, like tailwind, for example, is like. 310 milligrams and this other yeah. brand is like two 205 and it's like okay there's no method to the madness there but with precision hydration they um, they don't put any sodium in their gels and so if like, you take a gel it's like you have zero but their whole thing is like their system works together so their drink mix will have a properly mixed drink mix of two scoops is exactly 60 grams of carbs and 500 milligrams of sodium Nice. And then they, and then their um, salt capsules they make are exactly 250 milligrams as well. So say, for example, you do a sweat test and, you know, you need a gram of, of sodium per liter of water that you're drinking. You just have to take four capsules or you do a bottle of drink mix, a bottle with water and then two capsules an hour or something. So it's really nice. easy to dial in your hydration versus like in your head of like, oh, this drink was 310. This gel was 75. And you're like running a race trying to figure out your <laughs> sodium intake. Like, obviously that's a huge waste of mental energy. And yeah. so what I did is the night before the race, I like, I had my drink mixes in a bag. I had like my salt capsules in a bag and put them all in a belt. And so I knew exactly like how much I was taking per hour, a shot for a thousand milligrams of sodium an hour, which is, I think is what I need. And it worked really well. And it was a warm day too. And it just, it worked perfect. Like I didn't have to think about it. I just you, pulled out hour one baggie, took my salt, hour two baggie, took my salt, <laughs> and my gels when I wanted them and um yeah dude like I, I felt strong the entire day like I just ran like comfortable and it was really nice because I didn't blow up I didn't bonk at all I had no issues with that and then um like the day after the race like I wanted to go run actually like I woke up and like I should go run but <laughs> I was I told myself before the race I'm like I'm taking like, a couple days off just to like make sure that like I do this smart I don't want to get injured and right. today, like I was at a hotel this morning because um I'm going to Silverton for this shoot and um I did some elliptical and some like little weight stuff and I felt super good and so I'm excited to go run tomorrow and like just so so it's really cool because it's really validating to see like how in the past I'd run run a race blow up cramp really bad then it takes a week or two to like actually get back to running again you just you just bury yourself so much and like running smart and like hydrating properly and like eating properly before and after like really affects both your race performance and then also your recovery aspect And, and I, speaking of recovery, I feel like I'm just like going on and on about this, but (laughs) like after the race, like, um, Browning was there and he had my raw milk for me and some mineral water. So I drank that. And then I, uh, I had a bunch of eggs and some steak and then, um, basically say like high protein, high fat that day and some fruit, just kind of my normal diet. And then I had like zero inflammation, nothing hurt. I did fall. I think I was telling you before we started recording. (laughs) Uh, I'm an idiot like like the smoothest part of the Black Canyon Trail I clipped a rock as I was messing with a little baggie and so I fell and I dropped my bottles and like the only thing that was sore was my right hip that I fell on and then Uh. my my palms a little bit because I did cut up my palms like slightly like not not bad by any means like it was a very mellow fall but I was like oh that's pretty rad though like I can run a marathon and feel good the next day essentially not have any like real soreness from the running besides the fall like it just kind of really validated the whole like eating properly fueling properly and then like listening to your body
0: yeah i mean the two things that i feel are normalized that don't need to be normalized are the gut issues like we talked about and then just long periods of recovery after races Mm -hmm. and like you know as we established with the gut issues that's not the case and as you're kind of establishing right now with recovery that's also not the case like if you just eat right, recovery does not have to be a long, like,
1: crappy process. Dude, yeah, 100%. Like, thinking about, um, like, Browning, like, so he ran that 50 on Saturday, and so I crewed him at it, and it was, it was super fun, went really well. Like, it was warm for him coming down from Flagstaff to Phoenix, like, I think, like, a 30-plus degree temperature difference. Um, uh-huh. But he ran his race. He ran it smart and did well. And then that evening, we just had steak for dinner, kind of the normal, like, what we'd normally eat and he came out and like he took some photos on the course of a video on my instagram of me running uphill and he's running with me so like he was able to recover enough in that short window to be able to go jog around a little bit like which is <laughs> wild like most people run a 50 and then they're just like debilitated for a week
0: yeah and mind you he's in his 50s too age wise <laughs> yeah he's 52 51 or 52 like yeah 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 so age obviously is it a- having to like slow down and like take longer long to recover with age too is something that doesn't need to be normalized obviously with bronco
1: <laughs> like yeah and that's so funny too that you mentioned that because a lot of people are just like oh like we were talking to this guy at the finish he's like oh i'm old now like i can't run fast it's like well jeff browning just ran a 50 miler against people <laughs> half his age and he won and he's running today like why do we normalize like this whole aging thing is like you can't be productive or not productive, but like you can't run? So you still can yeah. be just as active and fast. Like it's just all about taking care of yourself and being smart.
0: I mean, sheesh, Jeff's done like what five races this year already. And hasn't he won every single one of them?
1: Yeah, he ran Coldwater 101, uh, Mesquite Canyon, um, some
0: 50k he won a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah,
1: Elephant Mountain because I ran a 35k, he ran the 50k.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, And
1: then he's running Sedona Canyons, which is like half the short course essentially of Cocodona. And that's in like uh-huh. a month and a half. And we're going to go run rim to rim to rim at the Grand Canyon in two weeks at the end of the month. So like yeah. <laughs> all these like things are just like, I know it's like, it's not necessarily data backed, but it's very like very strong correlative evidence that eating this way is the right way to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, every time I tell people like this might not necessarily be the approach for everybody. Um, I mean, there's a part of me that believes that if everybody tried this, they would find some benefits out
1: of it. I agree. And like, like it kind of goes back to, we've talked about this before, but like, if people would just eliminate highly refined sugars, grains, and seed oils, they would see a a massive benefit to their running and their recovery. But it's kind of this weird thing of like, oh, like I ran a marathon or a 50k or whatever. So now I'm just going to eat junk for the next week and then I'll start eating healthy again. But it's like, you think about it like you want to be putting the best high quality ingredients into your body around that massive effort because that's going to allow you to recover and then get back to what you enjoy doing versus being stuck on the couch inflamed not feeling well and just tired all the time
0: yeah i mean uh, <clears throat> going back to my triple crown of 200s experiences like those were night and day differences and i took those uh two experiences with a totally different nutritional approach uh the first one <clears throat> I started a low-carb approach, so my first Triple Crown of 200s was in 2017, and for the people listening that don't know what the Triple Crown of 200s is, it's uh, the Bigfoot 200, the Tahoe 200, and the Moab 240, all done in the same calendar year, and at the time, it was like Bigfoot was in August, Tahoe was in September, and Moab was in October, and the first time in 2017, like I did a low-carb approach, but then between the races, I was just like, I still had the addictions that I had to like highly processed junk. (laughs) And so like, and I feel like this is something that a lot of runners do, but I was just like, okay, I just ran 200 miles. I'm going to take this next week to eat whatever the hell I want. (laughs) Mm. And so like, I had like, I have a picture on my phone. Like, I remember I went to KFC of all places kfc (laughs) like the day after bigfoot and i got like a family-sized bucket of fried chicken i got like i went to three different restaurants i got kfc had cheese curds and then somewhere else to get some like poutine or something like that (laughs) and like between like i did that between all three of those races in 2017 Mm -hmm. and like i could hardly run in between those races, like the four weeks between each of them, I couldn't really do anything. I was so puffy. My joints hurt so much. Um, I was basically just like surviving those races, but fast forward to 2019 and like I ate how I ate right now, like a bunch of meat between the races, a bunch of fruit, no processed foods, no seed oils. I was basically running like five days after each race and, Like I like the difference in inflammation, the difference in like how sore I was, was like night and day uh, like training wise. I didn't do really anything different aside, aside from implementing strength training, but like the biggest difference was just like eating clean, non junk food between those races. And the difference was just like huge for my performance and recovery.
1: Yeah. Like that's a very good, like N equals one experiment right there. (laughs) Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it's crazy because having been at those and like having seen like like especially those the first triple crown you did like how <laughs> flames you got and like what you mentioned to me like about your diet then i was like that's crazy to see that difference and like most people will run a 200 or 100 or even like 50ks and it's like i'm out like they're just done for a while Like don't even want to like think about running yep
0: <laughs> yeah so it doesn't have to be that way that's all we're saying
1: <laughs> yeah and i think too like honestly like when I was talking to, to Peter Defty about it, like with the gut issue type stuff, like the fact that like once you kind of clean up your diet and your your body's able to digest all these things properly or more appropriately, like you're able to take every bit of nutrient out of like that meat or whatever you're eating and apply that to recovery versus having a damaged gut lining and like a poor absorption of all these vitamins, minerals and like macros. And so you're taking as much as you can. So that's going to also speed up your recovery as well. Yeah yeah just cool and then also like not just being not just pounding like junk carbs you're gonna have a lot less inflammation
0: yeah so. yeah we've said it multiple times it's not necessarily the carbs that are bad it's just the junk carbs that don't really do you any kind of
1: benefit yeah this is oh it's so interesting like i, I feel like more and more people like are i don't know are realizing this at least i hope so because i hope so too like the whole like i'm running and i feel like garbage shouldn't be a thing because like imagine if that happened like ancestrally like you're hunting down an animal in the plains of africa or something (laughs) you're running 50 miles and you finish and you're just like oh now i can't move for a week because i ran 50 miles like you died if you did that no matter if you have a you have a uh, whatever an antelope carcass there that you killed and you can't move you're gonna die a lion's gonna eat you probably
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i never thought of that that's interesting But well, that's cool. That's good. You had a good race. That's good that you had a good recovery and kind of saw the benefits of eating
1: properly. Yeah. And it was fun just to have like, cause I feel like this year I've been just really focusing on like, okay, I I've had like a lot of just crappy races in the past. Like my goal was not necessarily to go out and win, but to just have like fix my nutrition run at the appropriate pace, have a good race and recover enough to continue planning. And so like, it's almost like this progression that I've seen over the years and like, instead of blowing up at, at an event, And then eating poorly and all these things, it's like, okay, let's take a step back, change things and like focus on like having a proper, like good race. And it's been awesome. And like, yeah, I podiumed at this race. I don't know. It was a disaster. So who knows who actually run or won, I should say. (laughs) But it was nice to like have another solid race and um, I'm able to apply those principles now to to future events.
0: No, that's rad. Glad it was well for you. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah, of course. (laughs)
1: yeah so uh what about you anything exciting happen this week for you
0: uh no i messed my back up uh yeah i was just lifting too heavy at the gym last week and i tweaked my lower back nailed it down to like a glute slash hamstring issue and i'm gonna get a deep tissue massage to hopefully fix it because i have a hundred mile race next week Uh um It hasn't been too, like, I've still been able to train through it. Like, it's kind of been like awkward. My body's been stiff. My stride's kind of been a little bit messed up just because I'm trying to minimize the force of from like the impact of running on my lower back. But I mean, I tweaked it on Wednesday. I still went out and ran 22 miles uh, at a place called Antelope Island here in northern Utah. That's actually where my race is next week. So I've been fine training through it. I just, you know, I don't have like a lot of in my stride just because it's hard to like have a a good stride just because of how much my back hurts so mm. but I mean the fun thing though at Antelope Island last week on my long run, like I kept um working on my hybrid fueling method like of my 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 own creation kind of a thing and so i uh I basically i made a it was a mango smoothie with some banana I added some electrolytes to it, and then this time. Oh, I did add some maple syrup just like last time, but the other thing that I did that was a little bit different was I uh, shaved some keto brick into it, mm-hmm. uh, like the chocolate peanut butter keto keto brick, just to get me some extra calories uh, because obviously there's not a lot of calories in mangoes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I threw some keto brick shavings in there, and like it didn't really chop the shavings up with the smoothie, so there was chunks of keto brick in there, but I kind of liked it, like. <laughs> Uh, the consistency was a little bit different and like I could taste the peanut butter a little bit more, but I mean, I, I had four of those packets. Um, I had just raw honey and like, I felt great for the whole run. So I imagine I'm going to make a lot of those smoothie packets for my race next week. Um, but yeah, like there's not a lot going on on my end. The, the sun's coming out finally, so that's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys need to get dumped on though, because like I'm on my way to Silverton and we might get snowed in for the week. So we're preparing for that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a big winter storm warning.
0: No, yeah, we have some rain coming, but that nothing too big. Okay,
1: that's nice then. But yeah, hopefully, uh, or uh, whatever, a Buffalo Run isn't too muddy for you then. Yeah, it, I think it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it- so. Okay, I, just real quickly like, thinking about like, so I, I ran my race and like, um, you have your run coming up and we're both experimenting with these races as far like you're gonna experiment with some fueling stuff. And I experimented this last marathon as well. I think racing is a great place to like experiment and learn because you, I think it's like a, like a stage almost like, like a, your longer or your shorter runs, like a workout should be an experiment as far as fueling goes, but then also your long run should do the same. Like you should kind of have a pretty similar nutrition strategy in your long run as you do during an event, but then also testing that theory that you've kind of backed up, like with your workouts and long runs, then do it again in a race and like go run a race. And maybe it's like something just uncompetitive or whatever, but just like a local fun event, have a good time, but practice your feeling strategy. So that way, when you get into like a, say your A race for year, your goal race for you, whether it's like UTMB or Western States or something you have your strategy dialed down both in workouts, long runs, and in a race environment, and then you can kind of roll with the punches at that point. Because, like, like for example, like this marathon I ran, like they had nothing at the aid stations. There was literally just water and Gatorade. And so, like, <laughs> if you were expecting to run that race on aid stations, you'd have nothing. But like having a plan in place and being able to like kind of roll with the punches, I think is very critical. And like I spoke with Anthony Costales about um, his Black Canyon Golden Ticket win uh, like a month ago or something. And something that we talked about was like running the Black Canyon Trail for fun, like on a long run, is very different than running Black Canyon Trail during Black Canyon 100k when it's a competitive event. And he oh, said, yeah. the hills feel different. The descents feel different. The heat feels different because the whole scenario is different. And yeah, you're going at a faster pace. Like it's totally different. Yeah. And so even able to like nail down your nutrition strategy and even just like sleep, pre-race stuff the night before the day of that, and then your recovery like it's really important to like test and play around with stuff and not just get stuck in this dogma of like, all right, I'm going to have oatmeal and pop-tarts for breakfast and then I'm going to go ride. I'm going to feel like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like experiment and learn and grow. Cause I feel like every time there's a disaster, there's something to learn from it or even just not maybe not a disaster, but just like an issue that happened. Maybe it's only like half as bad as it could be, but like you can make that way better in that, in that environment.
0: Yeah. I mean like playing off of that at my long run over the weekend, like whenever I stopped to eat those smoothies, like we stopped, took pictures, chatted for a little bit, like it was very low key, low effort, like not that hard to figure out. And obviously like during my race next week, I'm not going to stop to take pictures and just shoot the, the, (laughs) shoot it with other people and talk about just random stuff. Like I'm in a race. So obviously like I got to like figure out how it's going to work on my stomach when I'm going at a faster pace. and. Um, you know, cause for me, my A-race right now is coca which is in what, six-ish weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to show up to coca with these like hybrid smoothie fueling things that I've made and find out that they just don't work well with my stomach at a faster, like high intensity, uh, effort. So yeah, like totally agree that. Like, cause this race that I'm doing, like it's a low key local race. Like, I think there's like 40 of us doing it. Like it's not a big list of people doing it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I could care less if I get last place, I could care less. Like if I get second to like placing out this thing, doesn't matter for me. It's like strictly like I'm coming out of winter in Cache Valley, Utah. My volume has been fairly low. This is going to be a good training run for Coca-Dona. And it's going to be a good way for me to experiment with my random fueling
1: stuff that I've been messing around with lately. Yeah, and like thinking about just feeling too, and like, because you're taking this homemade packets with you, like just being able to like know where to place. Sorry, there's a train. Oh, yeah. You can probably hear the train. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, but like knowing like where things are, like say placing them in your belt or your pack, and then being having like a strategy in place where it's almost second nature of like, hey, I pulled out this gel and I know where I'm going to put the trash. You don't have to sit there fumbling around trying to find it. Um, and then also like those packets that you're using, like, they're reusable right so like you don't want to just throw them in the trash it's just like what are you going to do with these packets and like having a strategy in place that you've practiced during a race will be huge for cocodona i think
0: oh 100 percent. yeah but yeah yeah so for those who are listening like you know you don't need to like go all out at all your races like <laughs> obviously i you know financially it can be hard to just like pay for pay a couple hundred bucks to go run a hundred mile race to like practice your strategy but like you know, if you can afford it, that's definitely something that's worthwhile and something that's good to look into. Um, heard that train. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's blasted.
1: Yeah. That's loud. (laughs) I didn't realize it was going to be so bad. I thought I found a good spot to record, but I guess not. Uh,
0: It's okay. adds character to the podcast.
1: (laughs) Um, I guess though, even if you can't like run a race, like go out and run, like on your long run, run at that race intensity and practice that stuff as much as you can as far as like the fueling and hydration strategy and stuff and try to run race pace, doing that, like a, like a tempo run or something. Wow. That is loud. (laughs) I'm very sorry.
0: (laughs) Maybe you should mute yourself and I'll just keep talking for a little bit.
1: (laughs) That's a good call. Um, Talk about something, Mike.
0: Okay. So, um, something that me and Derek did want to do on this episode since our guest isn't here and we haven't really had time to do it lately is go through the WTF posts of the week. Uh, both Derek and I do have one to go through. And since Derek is obviously muted right now, I will go forward and share mine. <clears throat> um, I'm going to hurry and pull it up on my phone. But basically, there's this nutritionist that both Derek and I follow. We don't need to say his or her name. Uh, but this particular nutritionist like, loves promoting Pop-Tarts, loves promoting cereals, Oreos, all that kind of stuff. Um, I do find it interesting. I do want to hurry and point out. So my sister, she's like a, a vegetarian slash vegan slash pescatarian. Like, I don't really fully know what it is that she actually is. Uh, she eats very little meat, hardly any red meat. Um, so obviously our nutritional styles, styles are very different, but we did find some common ground a couple of weeks ago and I was telling her about, you know, I don't know how it came up, but I basically said something like, well, it's better than like a nutritionist recommending Pop-Tarts or something like that. And my sister just kind of chuckled and she goes, wait, that's not actually a thing, is it? I was like, oh yeah. Like, like I follow quite a few nutritionists that promote eating Pop-Tarts before runs, eating cookies before runs, saying that carbs are carbs, calories are calories. So just get it in you and it's going to help you fuel your run. And when I told my sister that, like I showed her the post and she was just, she was kind of appalled. Like she thought it was ridiculous that a, that a professional in the health field would be recommending something like a pop tart versus a apple with some honey to fuel your runs. And so I do think it's cool that even though her and I are very different in terms of what we eat in our day to day, that, that her and I do agree that, you know, a diet low in-processed junk as a diet that you can thrive off of. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, that's where this post came from. <laughs> um, and I do want, uh, the reason I brought that story up is I don't want people to think that just like me and Derek, just like hate pop tarts. And that we're these strict, like as Nazis, is that an okay word to use? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> okay. We're not these Nazis when it comes to like eating like snacks and stuff like that. Like there are people in all, you know aspects of nutrition that can agree with this. But anyway, this nutritionist made a post comparing keto Oreos to regular Oreos. And I first just want to put out this disclaimer that I think that processed keto snacks are not really that good for you. Um, when I started out, I used to go crazy on these things. And now like I hardly ever eat them. Really, the only time I eat them now is during a long run or during my race. Like, I think they're great for fueling. Um, you know, for me, I would never eat a regular Oreo during a race just because of everything that's in it. Uh, but this keto Oreo, yeah, I could see myself eating it because it doesn't have seed oils. It doesn't have gluten. And those are two things that I avoid strictly because of the inflammatory response that my body has. So I do think there is a place for these kind of things, but I do think that like, just like in your day to day that they need to be either, uh, eaten in moderation or heavily avoided. So I didn't want to throw that disclaimer out there that I didn't think that these are healthy, but the way this nutritionist, uh, worded this, like it's in my mind, it's totally trying to make it sound like regular Oreos are better for you than keto Oreos. I personally do not agree with that. Like, I think like on a scale of good and okay, <laughs> keto Oreos are not even good or okay. I'll say, okay. And kind of Okay. <laughs> Like I would say, in my opinion, regular Oreos are kind of okay, and keto Oreos are okay. Um, but the way it's worded, so I'll just go ahead and read this to you. Like I've been blabbering for the past two minutes. <laughs> but anyway, like keto Oreos has like check marks next to these next three things: an option check mark, more expensive check mark, may give longer-lasting energy check mark, and then a big uh, circle with a cross through it, not healthier. Over to regular Oreos check mark next to an option, check marks next to maybe more satisfying, check mark next to easier to access. And then the the little circle with the line through it saying totally not bad. And so just especially those last two under the keto Oreos, it says not healthier. And then under the regular Oreos, it says totally not bad. So it's worded in a way to make it sound like the regular Oreos are a better option for you. I personally wish this nutritionist would have just came out and said they're both junk. Cause I totally would have agreed with that. Um, And the other thing that she says too, is she says, PS, the whole so bad for you full of chemical thing. Yeah. All food or chemicals. Uh, Come on. (laughs) All food or chemicals. Like, like the way, the way this whole post is worded is just like, I just to give you an idea I, I replied to this post like probably five or six times and ended up just deleting it because i knew it would go nowhere but these kind of posts just like really fuel really light my fire just because just because of how um like one-sided it is basically i don't know how you feel about that derek
1: <laughs> yeah it's kind of an absurd post and i i know who you're talking about and i don't want to just like call her out or something because i honestly would love to have her on the show just to have like a civil discussion and talk about this stuff hopefully she
0: doesn't listen to this episode because she probably hates me now
1: (laughs) i I doubt she's listening to this i think she's stuck listening to whatever the government tells her to say um but like my main issue with that post like there's all those like little bullet points that she makes but it's like she's kind of just saying it's like eat whatever you feel like and there's no like bad food it's like Okay, yeah, like in your in this kind of weird scenario that she's brought up, it's like like you were saying, there's like a crap food and another crap food. It's like they're not ideal, but if you can make something slightly better, go for it. Like in this, we live in a society where like it's super easy to access for most people, like highly nutritious good food. So, like, why eat a pseudo-food, a fake food? Like Oreos are not real food. And just because like it makes you feel good momentarily does not mean that it's good for you in the long run. And a nutritionist arguing essentially that like some sort of like junk calorie is good for you is is kind of insane honestly and it, it bothers me to be honest
0: I mean I would much rather have seen her like compare Oreos to apples like yeah like something that's clearly good for you and something that's clearly not good for you showing why Oreos aren't good for you showing that apples can essentially do the same thing for you obviously if somebody has a food addiction to sugar that might not cut it but I mean, it's my personal belief that if somebody cut out Oreos, ice cream, and just like focused on eating fruit, it might take some time to like, get used to that. Especially if you've been eating added foods with added sugar your whole life. Like, yeah, it's going to like, you're essentially going to like, um, what's the term called when you like quit a drug, Like withdrawal. Um, yeah. Withdrawal. <laughs> yeah. You, you're you probably going to have some kind of withdrawal symptoms from, sh- from foods with added sugar. But like, I really don't think it's going to take that long for you to just be like, okay, like apples are sweet. Oranges are sweet. Mangoes are sweet. Like I can get my sugar fixed just from eating fruit. I don't need Oreos every night before I go to bed.
1: Yeah. You're just perpetuating the addiction. It's like, Hey, you're an alcoholic. So <laughs> instead of having 12 beers a day, let's just have a glass at night. It's like, well, you're still drinking alcohol every day. Yeah. So you're still getting those. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's better. Like one glass is better or one cup is better than 12, but it's still terrible for you. And Or just like
0: comparing like in this analogy with your Oreo and keto Oreo, like I don't drink alcohol. So like, I don't know a good example, but like off the top of my head, just like, light beer versus regular beer. Yeah. Like, yeah, light beer might check this box. It might check this box, but it's not really that healthier for you. So just drink all the other beer. Like you're fine. Like yeah. it's kind of backwards. It, as true as it might be, it's backwards because you're still promoting somebody to be like potentially an alcoholic.
1: <laughs> yeah, i like, thinking about yesterday when I was driving, I was listening to a podcast and this doctor was talking to these guys and they're a bunch of like bodybuilder, weightlifter guys. And the show's really interesting because they bring a lot of really interesting guests and this doctor was talking about how he works to help people get metabolically fit and a lot of that is through keto and carnivore diets and what he was mentioning was like yeah he's like i basically can heal anybody using keto or carnivore but they have to do it themselves and like like most people are will do it or they want to do it but then like if they won't like the default is just give them medication and then let them eat crap the rest of their lives and it's like and when I was listening, I was thinking, it's like, that's really interesting because it's like if you have a food addiction, it's like, oh, we'll just give you a pill, and we'll, we'll fix the food addiction or the, the poor or the not the benefits, the, the detri- oh yeah, the detriments of eating poor food <sighs> with a pill. So that's like saying, like, oh, you're addicted to methamphetamines, and so keep doing meth, but we'll just give you this, this drug that's going to counteract the side effects of taking meth. It's like <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Like all you get to do to fix this issue is stop taking meth. So with food, it's like, stop consuming sugar and these highly refined junk foods, like pseudo foods, and you'll fix the issue. So it's like, it's just so mind-blowing to me that that's what people are going to do. It's like, so instead of just actually fixing the problem, you're going to put a giant Band-Aid on it for the rest of your life. A giant expensive Band-Aid, I should say.
0: Well, the problem is most people don't want to fix it. Like, <clears throat> was it Michelle Hearn that said she had a patient that said she'd rather die than give up cake?
1: Yeah. And, yeah. it's, and speaking of that, like a family member of mine, definitely not going to him out by name, but we were talking about that and like gout and it's like, oh, why do I have gout? It's like, well, what are you eating? They're like, oh, well, it's because I eat meat. It's like, it's not because you eat meat. Like there's, there's zero like real evidence showing that meat causes gout. It's all this other crap that you're eating. So I was like, stop eating, the, stop going to McDonald's, stop eating seed oils, stop eating sugar. And that's not going to happen because like, if we were talking about like sugar is a drug. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. It's addictive yeah, but I'm not on meth. It's like, uh it's still a problem. Like that, that sugar grain carb addiction is causing your issues and it's an easy fix once you get those things off. But the first week or two is really, really, really hard. Yeah. Just like with drug yeah. withdrawal, I guess. But.
0: Yeah. Hopefully we get to a point where people will give up these things and <clears throat> realize that their health and their lives are more important than their temporary like satisfaction from their sugar addiction. Like Yeah, You know, everybody uses the term like, oh, you only have one life, like, you know, live it the best you can, like eat cake, drink beer, like stay out late. And it's like totally opposite of that. It's like, yeah, this is like my only life. And I don't really care to end it in my early forties because I turn into this pre-diabetic that has heart issues. And I cut my life in like half basically.
1: (laughs) And not to mention just a low quality life too. Like whether you live to be 45 and die of a heart attack that young or you live to be 75 you're still those years are poor quality. So like why wouldn't you want to have more quality in your life for the amount of years that you have life is so short it's so like why ruin yeah. it by just eating junk all the time like yeah it's temporarily fun but it's i don't know like it doesn't make any sense to me in my head no nah. but teach their own i guess right yeah yeah but i do think so, like like thinking of like that post where it's like this keto junk food's a Because I used to eat those all the time as well. Like, don't get me wrong. Like when I did keto initially, it's like, oh, well, I can eat all these like kind of fun, like, like fake donuts and fake this. And they're all really expensive. Number one, it's like a keto donut is like five bucks at minimum, probably more, (laughs) and they're hyper-processed still. But I do think that they can be a good tool to get into eating real food. So say you are addicted to Oreos. It's like, okay, I'm going to have these, these gluten-free, whatever, um, like quote unquote healthy Oreos. I'm going to eat those, but until I get sick of those, then I'll start eating more and more real food. So it can be a good crutch initially, but you wouldn't want to live on those your entire life. And mm. it makes me think about when I was growing up, um, we lived in Northern California, actually, um, by the Western States course, I had no idea what it oh, cool. was at the time. Like I <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't run, no one of my family ran, but so it's funny going back to States, but, um, my dad was, um, at the church we go to, he would um help he would volunteer essentially doing landscaping and that sort of thing. My dad loves landscaping and working outside. And um some people at at church, they uh, planted some new trees and they put these like posts on the trees, so essentially to like, support so the tree would go upright. yeah, and, like at the beginning, like that was fine because like it helped the tree grow in a in a proper way, but then they left the um the stability or the stabilizers on for years and years and years. And then when they move the stabilizers the way the trees just fell. And so I kind of look at that as like with food, it's like initially it can be very helpful to have some sort of support and stabilizer there. But if you use these support mechanisms your entire life, you're going to feel like you're progressing. But then the second you pull away those support mechanisms, your life's going to implode and crash again, just like the tree.
0: Man, that was quite the analogy. I'm impressed.
1: I I give credit to my dad for that one. (laughs) Okay. Is your dad there with you? No, but um, he should be on the show. That'd be fun.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. That's a good analogy. Like I'm all for like the whole reason this whole approach doesn't work for a lot of people is because of like the wake up call they get when they try it. It's Mm -hmm. like, holy cow, I can't last on this. So I'm just going to go back to how I was eating. So I do feel like, you know, if anybody, has that type of personality. Like I did a cold Turkey that sucked, but I was like dedicated and made it work. If you're somebody that can't do that, then, you know, hundred percent what you just said, like keto Oreos may not be that great for you. <clears throat> uh, even though the nutritionist that we just referenced doesn't agree. I, I do believe those are better for you than regular. Uh, so yeah, if you need that as a transition into eating mostly whole foods, meat products, fruits, vegetables, uh, if that's not hurt your gut. Like, then yeah, use those Oreos until, until you get to a point where you can like cut those out and like actually su- succeed with this. So yeah, dude, hundred yeah. percent agree with you.
1: Yeah. And like, same thing too, with like, say you're starting like an animal-based diet or a ketogenic diet or anything, You're just gonna like do paleo or whatever, Like you can start slowly. Like you don't have to just go cold Turkey maybe like for you that worked obviously, but for a lot of people, it doesn't like for me, like when I first started, I'm, like I can't do this because I just didn't enjoy it. So what I would do is have like a keto breakfast, essentially, or do like try to do zero carb until noon, Mm -hmm. whether that involved fasting or doing like bulletproof coffee with bacon and eggs, something to fill me up. And the more I did that, the more I craved those foods. So I was still having like crappy food at night, but I'd wake up in the morning and be like, oh yeah, I felt so good on my run because I had this and that. And then I felt like I recovered faster eating this and that. Then I'd be, okay, it's lunchtime. Now I'm going to have... I'm going to have meat and I'm going to have these things. And then, so I slowly progressed into having a full day of eating like, like a low carb diet essentially. And that worked really well for me because like, I guess everyone's just a little bit different is all I'm saying. It's like, some people can go just hardcore right off the bat. Others need to ease into it. And there's no shame in easing into it. Like it's your body and your health. So like, do what works for you. But I think the main thing is like trying to always be progressing. And like, even now and then, like I still eat junk sometimes and, but it kind of just validates why... I don't eat that stuff. I'll eat it. I'm like, yeah, it's not that good. And I don't feel that great after. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to start eating like the proper way again. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And real quick too, I do have to go here in the next five to 10 minutes, okay. um, but just real quick to play off of what you just said, the, a good approach if you're not ready to fully commit to this is to like have a keto breakfast Uh, just because you're starting out your day, like calorically dense, you're getting a lot of protein, you're getting a lot of fat starting out that way. Chances are you're going to do better throughout your day uh, versus like starting your day with like cereal or pancakes and muffins and stuff like that. And then trying to have a keto meal for dinner It's kind of backwards because you're going to be snacking throughout the day. Like you know, you're going to burn through that food pretty quickly. You're going to have a spike in energy. You're going to have a crash and then you're just going to start eating throughout the day. And chances are, by the time you get to dinner, you're not going to have a keto meal because you're going to just not have interest in it kind of a thing. And so yeah. definitely try to get protein early in the morning. Um, it's, it's another good way to transition to this.
1: I agree. And like, I don't know why, but it makes me think about how important, um, like, like what's the quote? It's like freedom or no, like boundaries create freedom or something or discipline Mm -hmm. is freedom so like the more you kind of like become disciplined in your own head the better or the more free you're gonna feel and like the way I interpret that as far as specifically with running but it can be applied to anything in life is like if you want to accomplish a goal say you want to run like a a sub three-hour marathon you have to be disciplined in your running and your nutrition then the more you do that you open up these other doors that are better so you're going to want to eat better you're going to want to train harder and you're able to do more because you're I don't know, you're just able to do more because that discipline mm-hmm. is allowing you to do that. And so being disciplined is a huge thing. And instead of just like, oh, eat whatever I want, train whatever I want, do, run whatever I want today. It's like, yeah, that's fun for like a recovery week, but it doesn't make you progress in any way in life or any of the goals that you have.
0: Yeah, it's just a matter of choosing what you want to be more free and you want to be more free to choose like all the junk and all the food you want to eat. Or do you want to be more free and choosing what you do with your day like like one's going to be have more freedom and one's not going to have more freedom and like vice versa and that's just a priority kind of a thing
1: yeah totally and like don't get me wrong like i love eating like food's delicious like real food is so dang good and like i look forward to eating every day yeah like real food is great but then i think about i'm like man if i was eating like just lucky charms and and uh whatever monster for breakfast that really is, the, is a detriment to the goals that I want to accomplish. Like I'm not able to do what I want to do. Like my brain doesn't function properly. My stomach hurts a lot. And that means I can't run where I want and how much I want. I don't recover. I can't get the amount of work done that I want. Cause it's like, to me, like my, I find a lot of value in the work that I do and I have to be like on the ball like and able to perform. And if I can't, then it's almost like this negative cycle. Cause then I, I can't get the shots I want. I can't do the things like about nutrition that I want that kind of it's not depression but it's definitely like a negative attitude and that spirals down down and down because it's like well now I'm not going to run a good race and now I'm injured and now I'm just eating more junk and it's 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 terrible for you so like yeah by eating properly and like setting boundaries for yourself you really do open up a lot of doors of freedom and it's it's awesome
0: yep and you're never going to experience it until you try <laughs>
1: yeah it's like you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink that classic like cliche quote and it's it's super true like yeah. people have to realize for themselves because like i was the same way people like oh don't eat that i'm like yeah whatever you're dumb like you don't know what you're talking about like mainstream says this so i'm gonna do this and then it never worked yeah. and it's like by the time i started experimenting it's like oh yeah this is this is true it's like think like you can give people the like, the pieces of the puzzle but they have to assemble it themselves and that's when they're really going to change and make changes yeah. in their lives so
0: yeah. So, um, did you want to do your WTF post, or do you, do you want to save it for next time?
1: Yeah, let's save it. We've gone on. Like, I think yours is a good one to talk about because yeah, I I do feel very strongly about um, what you said and why that's important and what we discussed.
0: Cool. Uh, real quick, then before we wrap up, <clears throat> I I do apologize. I have to go pick my son up from school, but quick CGM update. Do you want to hurry and share that, Derek?
1: Yeah. So we've been running CGMs for a week in a couple of days now, and like. The first couple of days were just kind of like a the monitor has to kind of adjust and warm up. I don't know, I don't know the science behind why it has to do that. Um, but it's been interesting to wear it and just kind of be monitoring our levels a little bit, like I guess my levels. I'm not monitoring your levels. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's interesting to see like like post-eating, like how it kind of rises up and down, how it works with the fasting. I've done some intermittent fasting, how it kind of fluctuated during an event. Mine was pretty stable, honestly, which was nice, like during my marathon on Sunday. Um, and even afterwards is relatively stable like it obviously goes up and down a little bit um, but it's interesting to see that data and to compare it like with what um like the USDA and the FDA says in the Di- diabetes council or whatever they're called
0: yeah do you want to hurry or do you want to save this for like our CGM episode but I'd be curious to see if you'd be interested in sharing the donut experience
1: oh for sure um so like <laughs> day day three was interesting because it was a Tuesday. So we put them on Sunday incident. Sunday, Monday, was kind of adjusting. So I didn't really take too much into account what the monitor showed. And I I did like a moderate long run that day. And like, it was just kind of like whatever. Um, but then on Tuesday, I had a hill workout and I went to my favorite trail, Watson Peak in Tucson. And it was an eight mile, um, kind of like five hard pushes up for a certain amount of time. And then five hard pushes down on this like really runnable trail. It's kind of indicative of like the race I was going to run. Um, and so I had a drink mix I think I had some fruit or something for the workout to kind of give that pop, just a bunch of berries and some honey or something. And probably milk, if I'm being honest, because <laughs> a couple sips of milk, because it's just delicious. Um, but I also was using the Precision um, Hydration Drink Mix. So it was 30 grams of carbs and um, whatever amount of sodium that was. I guess it was, no, it was must have been 60. So I did two scoops in the bottles. so 60 grams of carbs, 500 milligrams of sodium. Essentially, I was practicing what I was going to do during the race, right? Yep. And so I checked my levels before, and they're around like 90. And I did the workout and it was pretty high intensity for parts of it. And my uh, glucose levels dropped a little bit. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, whatever. I don't know if I should, if it's still warming up or what. But then um, when I was going home, um, there was a donut shop. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't really want to eat this because last time I had a donut. When we talked to Browning, I mentioned that story as well. I was like, oh, that's gross. But I wanted to see like how big of a difference having a donut would make. And now the monitor's kind of warmed up and ready to go. So I went into the um, the donut shop. And the CGM was showing 100 or so. Like, it wasn't anything abnormal. It was just kind of normal. Like, I guess, what is it? Like, milligrams per deciliter or something. Yeah. Um, I'm not an expert on this by any means at the moment. Um, but then I, I got the donut and I'm sitting there and I just have my monitor or the, the app open with the monitor. And I was like, okay, I wonder how high this is going to spike. It's like maybe like 140 or whatever. And as I'm eating it, every five minutes, my I get the ping from the monitor. And so it's going up. And then it went to 180 or once. Higher than one. I don't know what exactly it was like. One eighty something, and it was wild because it, it shoots up really fast and then immediately crashes down. This is, so that's your glucose levels, which is also like kind of your energy levels. And so it made me think because like one, I felt like crap eating that, and I did actually felt pretty terrible the rest of the day, honestly, like in my stomach. But from a glucose perspective, it was interesting because having fruit and having juice, like it, it definitely like goes up, but the crash or the the rise and the the crash are not as dramatic. And with meat and fat, it like barely moves anything at all. It's like one hundred to one ten, then it drops back down in a very smooth, like curved out pattern versus that really heavy spike. And so it was really interesting to see that one, the CGM is working. And two, <laughs> to really see like, holy crap, if I ate this way my entire life, like out of high blood glu- glu- glucose and be diabetic. Wild. <laughs> like it was super interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the screenshot that you sent to me uh, through text. So you spiked to 187. Um, And I'm looking at like, I obviously can't see the actual numbers here, but you have a very steady line from 2 p.m. to 4.30. It looks like you're just like 101, 102 maybe. It's just very, very steady. And then right about 4.30 or so, like – it just shoots straight up to 187. Like, yep. yeah, it's like a roller coaster kind of, or not even a roller coaster. It's like a mountain peak. Almost.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's so interesting because, like, the rest of the week, then I have, I have all this. Like, I have that one little mini data set. I guess that one thing to compare other stuff to. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna have a steak. And I'm gonna have my normal dinner, and like, yeah, like it's normal to have a glucose rise after you eat, and that's appropriate and healthy. But it's like smooth and steady, and then slowly goes back down. That's how it should be. So it's yep. just crazy to see like how food really does affect your blood glucose levels and and imagine like if I I know I've mentioned this multiple times so if I had that donut along with some sugary drink whether that's a coke or a, a monster or even just like <laughs> chocolate, a chocolate milk chocolate milk uh, coffee with sugar which is very common, like that's yep. why it could be even higher because like drinking a sugary drink is a straight glucose into your blood veins and it's wild. yeah yeah.
0: And just to show that we have a human side to us, like I'm sure a spike like that once in a blue moon is not going to ruin your health, but most people like who especially who are far following the standard American diet, like foods like donuts are kind of a staple of their diet. So uh-huh. you know that those spikes are happening on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. But you know, what's interesting though, too, like just real quick before you have to go thinking about this, like during my race, like my levels, like, yeah, they went up while I, when I was taking gels and drink mix but it didn't spike as heavily. It was definitely more curve. It still went up high or relatively high, like 150, but it was never like 180 pushing 190. And it wasn't these dramatic rises and falls. And I attribute that to being active. So if you are going to eat this crap, like I've heard a lot of people talk about, if you eat a meal, go for a brisk walk afterwards. And I think that really does help lower your blood glucose levels. Like I'd never really experimented with that, but I think that post eating walk be very beneficial to people, not even a run or a high intensity workout, just going for a walk
0: would well, be really interesting to see that you need to do now, uh, that week that we do like our old eating habits, mm-hmm. like you should definitely take a donut with you during one of your runs and eat it and see
1: what happens. That'd be really fascinating. Cause this was like post run. So like right. during run and like how that compares to say a gel or fruit or something on a run. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Fascinating stuff. <clears throat> and yeah. then real quick on my end. So, you know, this is my fifth or sixth time using a CGM uh, and this is the first time this has happened, but mine's faulty. Uh, I noticed that like my levels were all over the place. Like I was actually really concerned for a couple of days. Like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, cause I have my fruit, um, since the last time I wore one of these. And so I'm just like, has upping my fruit, like kind of messed me up metabolically. Uh, but then I started to notice that like the readings would have gaps. Like it would go three hours without reading. Um, my glucose, which was not typical. And so I ended up taking a screenshot of my levels and send it to levels health (laughs) uh, to see what they had to say about it. And they basically just said, yeah, when it skips that often and that much, it's faulty. The readings are going to be faulty. So don't freak out. So I ended up taking that one out. I'm going to put my other one in today and they're sending me a replacement. So I don't have a lot of data to share right now because it's been faulty, but, um, but yeah, so I'll put a new one in today. This means me and Derek are going to be slightly off uh, since I'm going to be putting one in so close to the end of his that he's currently wearing, but we'll still have a bunch of data to show on our CGM episode, which will be probably in like a month or something like that.
1: Yeah. Something We'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) And we do have a, I just think of future episodes, um, because one that sucks, it's faulty, but like it happens technology, right? It's not like a slight levels at all. And they've been very generous to give us these for free, which has been great. Um, but like our guest next week is is gonna be awesome. I think it's gonna be a really fun episode on just like running like natural foot movement and mm-hmm. like just basically like health, like through running um like a natural way to run. Um so we're gonna have a good discussion about that and shoes and stuff. So that'll be a super fun episode that's it's definitely related to health, but it's not necessarily nutrition.
0: Yeah. It'll be a little bit different, but it will be good.
1: Yeah. He's a good dude. He's a good friend of ours. So we're happy about it. Yeah. He's
0: awesome. If you're listening to this, you're awesome. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. I got to go pick my son up. Uh, We'll reschedule today's guest for another week. And uh, we appreciate you listening. As always, please like and share, subscribe, all that good stuff that Derek usually says. (laughs)
1: Um, But yeah. Anything else, Derek, before we shut this off? No, just go eat some real food and, um, yeah, enjoy your life. Yep. And avoid that donut. Avoid (laughs) donuts.
0: (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks guys. I'll see you next week.
1: All right. See you everybody.